There is hope for us yet. We are young, we are wet. I am Holly Whitaker. There is no time for And I am Laura McCowan. And this is Home Podcast. And so we would begin. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> I know. The night before we're releasing this. On a school night. On a school night. I have a fever. Yeah. And I have a 7 a.m. flight to catch. Awesome. But we didn't want to miss this week. And we have... um, We're very dedicated. (laughs) We are. Believe it or not. Um... So I'm excited about this topic, and it was one that we hadn't planned on, but you floated by me on text, and it's like, yeah, of course, let's totally do that. So, Yeah, keep going. (laughs) No, I was laughing, though, because I started the Oprah and Deepak meditation challenge. Today's day two, I think. Oh, I missed this one. I've been just, yeah. Yeah. Buried in email, so I missed it. Damn. you know, you can always go back, but, oh. but, um, your the topic that we're going to do today are things I know for sure. And that is Oprah's, Oprah-ism. Oprah-ism, right. So we're going to do five things that we know for sure. For sure. Yes. Yeah. On this, I mean, and, and five things we know for sure going through our own personal experiences. And, uh, you know, for me, you know, I did self-help for years and years and years. Um, mm-hmm. I, I had a lot of great books that I never really read. And I think really um, when I moved through sobriety, um, that was when this stuff just really started to click. And so for me, this is a, this is, these are things that I've learned as I have gone through one of the biggest metamorphoses of my life. And, mm-hmm. and for you, I know it's the same. And I think you, yourself, you're, you're kind of, um, you're dive into self-help, self-help. I don't even know what the right word I know. is. Self-discovery, I, your path, seeking. your journey. But I feel like your seeking began before, well before you addressed your alcohol problem based on our conversations. Oh right? God. My seeking started when I was like born. Like, I don't know what it was, but I was always trying to find answers or like, I just had big questions, you know, or I, I was always searching for something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but, but the sobriety journey in particular has like, um, all those things have come to play, you know, yeah. Yeah. all the sort of stuff I absorbed, but I didn't really have the experience to metabolize it or bring it into, you know, bring it to bear or whatever, it has definitely gelled or at least yeah. like I've tested, I really had to test the things that I knew like, you know, actually in my head. Yeah. Um, oh, right. Well, it just, yeah, it's kind of when the rubber hit the road and, and mm-hmm. I'm like you, I mean, I, you know, I, I went to my first yoga class and I was 18. I, I, I do feel like mm-hmm. I had been looking for something because um, I was, um, never really quite feeling comfortable in my own existence, but mm-hmm. I never would have, it was not, there was nothing fruitful really of that. It felt very, very surface and it felt very 
forced. And I think going through sobriety, um, I, I had to apply a lot of these things to my life in order to save my life. And so right um, totally yeah it was where it because it got really real like i think um pema says it in one of her tapes about spirituality um becoming um it's you know a very it could be very a very trendy thing yeah until until uh the shit really hits the fan yeah and then the, you know because the stakes are higher it gets really it gets really serious yeah that's a really um, good way to put it. That's yeah, it's funny. Good. So, I but so, as, you know, as yeah, as we were like uh, while I was psyched to do this topic when I actually thought about what I what I know for sure. All I kept thinking this week was I don't know shit. Like I am in one of those weeks where I'm not feeling that great about yeah. myself, about things, you know, and it's not that anything's necessarily wrong at all. It's just, I'm not feeling that great. And I don't, I don't feel like I know a lot or really anything. Um, so it was funny to, to, um, you know, I've been mentally sort of thinking of this since, you know, a week ago or whenever. And it's, it's been, it's as good a time of, as any, I think, to do it when you feel like that, because I'm calling into question, like the things that I came up with are more like continual reminders that I have, not, you mm-hmm. know, or con- things I continually remember. Yeah. Um, after forgetting. I think, first of all, it's really brave that you're doing this on uh, at a time when you are a little out of touch with yourself, number one. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, also it's important for people to really hear because I think you have such a – you do know a lot, right? You do know a lot. And you're, you're who I call when I don't know a lot or when I forget um, all of the things that I've learned and temporarily am just feeling like the smallest – um, weakest thing in the world. You, you always have the right words and you always, you know, you you always have the right lesson. You always have the right thing. And so I think it's really important to say that that like that happens at somebody like Laura, who's, you know, so vocal and has so much to share, um, goes through, you know, that goes through these periods of time Mm. where we feel like we don't know shit and, um, and who are we and, and all of that. So I don't know. I think, I think I'm really glad that you're doing Thank this. Thank you. You feel that way. I think it's um, not. I think it's it's not an easy thing, and not anybody could could do. No, that. and thank God there's two of us because <laughs> I would have bagged right out. I think I actually probably tried to like three times, and yeah. you're like, no, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. It's like. You know, no, we don't all lose our mind at the same time. No, um, and you and I have a really, really like great thing going where we temporarily pass it back and forth. I lose my mind, yeah. your mind, I lose my mind. And so it's wonderful because I think friends do. I think yeah. couples do. I think, you know, healthy relationships tend to do that because yeah. it for whatever reason it's a good system. It's a good, it is a good system. It is a good system. Because when I lose myself, you remind me. So without further ado, we are doing a show tonight on five things that we know for sure. And, um, and, and you know, for me, my list was, was expansive um, and it was really hard to, to break down into five. Um, and so we'll probably do these. I hope we'll do these more often. Mm-hmm. Five really yeah. important lessons that, um, that we both in our own personal lives have found to be really the, the thing that's, that's made a huge impact and difference in, in how we operate in our lives. And so yep. I'm going to let you go first. 
Okay. Um, the first one's pretty easy, but it didn't come to me right away. But then when it hit me, it was like, okay, duh. And, and that's that I can't drink. Yeah. Uh, I don't drink. I can't drink. And that's good. That's a good one. I just, there, it, the reason I thought of it and it, it made me like laugh out loud was I was sitting about a, a year before I started to come to term, really to terms with sobriety, but when I was really in the red yeah, in terms of fear and my behavior and just knowing, you know, the, the, um, being, being really afraid, um, I worked at an agency and one of the partners was well known to be sober, had been for a long time, you know, 20 years or so. And he and I were really close. And he, we went out to lunch one day with uh, another colleague and this colleague and me were, you know, are also good friends. And we each ordered like a drink at lunch. And I, I'm sure I was hungover. Who knows what, what all was going on in the background. But as we're sitting there talking to um, this partner and we're, I don't have any idea what the topic of conversation was, but we, <laughs> we finished dinner or lunch, sorry, we were wrapping up. They brought around like shots of limoncello, you know, cause that's normal to do at like noon on any day. But um, this area of Boston where we worked is, is just like, like that. And brought around the shots of limoncello. I didn't have any, cause I don't like it. Um, he turned it down uh, because he doesn't drink. And as we're getting up, I'll never forget it. Um, he said, some some question came to light and I was like do you know that he's like I don't know anything all I know uh, he's like I know like two things in my life and one of them was about his daughters and the other one is that he doesn't drink hmm. and I was like wow hmm. that's like that's fascinating you know that hmm. he that he just says that and, and he yeah. just knows that and to me it was like all this stuff wrapped into that this like three word sentence mm. you know it was yeah. like how does he have the balls to do that how does he have the balls to say that how scary is that you know it and yeah. it was like this very uh, but he was so like just knowing you know there was no like big emotion he probably didn't even realize he said it there's this mm. But but he did have a little conviction about it. You know, it was like, you could tell that that's a thing that he knows every day, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I, as I was like driving one of the days this week, I remembered that conversation and it's like, well, duh. <laughs> yeah, that is <laughs> that one thing. You know for sure. I know for sure that I can't drink. And, and that's like, you know, one of the very few, maybe it, the only black and one of the only black and white things in my life, uh -huh. you know, that I know. Yeah. So, so that's my first one. I like it. That's a really good one. Thanks. 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 What's yours, my dear? What's your first one? God. Um, this is really hard for me. Um, cause as I'm sitting here staring at, I have like 20 post-it notes in front of me of <laughs> lessons. I over lesson. You over lesson. Um, I do. Um, the first, I wrote down a list today when I was standing in line at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. and the first one I wrote, I just wrote the word belief. 
Mm. And I, and what I was thinking as I was writing it was that I know for sure that belief is something that is, is so, so deeply valuable to my path and my process and that I wouldn't do this if I didn't have belief. And, and I mean this in, in, in the sense of not, not necessarily just belief in something beyond myself or belief in God or belief in, you know, universal or belief in, you know, but, but belief, belief, I have belief for things that, that are beyond me and things that I can't see. And that means I have belief in myself and I have belief in my ability and I have, um, and I, and I believe the good things and I believe the big things and yeah. that, that I, that if I didn't have that, if I didn't have the positive belief in myself, because I think we can have two belief systems. I think we can have the belief system that we're pieces of shit and we're meant to fail and this is meant to be hard and it's unfair and that we are victims and that we are mm-hmm. fucked and that all of this stuff. I think we can have that belief system and then I think we can have the belief system that we are strong and mm-hmm. that we are powerful and that we can do things that we think we can't do. Mm-hmm. And so for the thing I know for sure, my number one is that belief is everything and 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 I, and I'm not talking about a faithful belief. I'm talking about the belief in 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 everything good and and wonderful and and impossible. And that when we are able to harness belief, even when we almost don't believe it, but if yeah. we are able to if we are able to harness that and intersect that with with the things that we do in our lives, then we are able to accomplish things that blow our fucking minds. And you know, for me. This is a really big thing because my, my, you know, when I started out on this, when I really started digging into this in, in, in 2013, after I had stopped drinking, started again, I sat down with one of my doctor friends and I was just like, I was obsessed with Gabby Bernstein at that time. And I was just like, she had, there was an article in Bloomberg Business Week that had run. I had read all of her books at that point. I was doing May Cause Miracles. And I just said, I'm going to somehow bring this into like into the mainstream or I'm going to, I'm going to do something with this and I'm going to make myself well. And I'm going to show you guys how I did it. And I, you know, I worked in healthcare and I was, was talking, you know, I was talking about for not just addiction, but for broader patient success. And like, I just had a belief in myself and it was a crazy motherfucking belief, but I had a a very fierce belief that I was going to do something with this because Mm -hmm. there was something that was ignited. And it's the, you know, it's the same thing that has enabled me to just, to, to really continue to make leaps into things that I don't know much about or that I are terrifying, which is just this belief that I'm being supported, belief that I can do these things, belief that, um, that that it's that it's it all is going to work out the way it's supposed to work out. So the thing I know for sure is that that our belief system is is really everything, and and that we have to believe in in things that we haven't been taught to believe about ourselves in order yeah. to really make great change. So that I know I love it. I know exactly what you mean. It, I, it's like it's impossible to find the words for it though. It is. It is. And that's all. That's why I wrote, I mean, for the first one, I didn't even know what I was going to say. I just figured I would show up and then <laughs> right. I, the right thing. Would <laughs> and you come did. Out. You said it perfectly. I mean, I think I get it. And I, and I totally agree with it. You know, what's crazy. Um, 
I'll post this after, but there's this poem that someone that someone sent me, like texted me that they saw on a wall. And it's basically what you just said it, as a poem. Uh-huh. I won't read it because it's it's kind of Thank obs- you. obscure. <laughs> and I know you don't like that, but it's it's short. And it's just like, um, I when you're talking, I'm going, oh my God, that's like basically uh, what she's saying. The poem. Yeah, it's basically, you know, when, when there's no reason to believe, still believing, you know, and, and having yeah. that, um, having that as your, yeah, when there's no well, reason to believe. So and I also think that there's something to be said, which is I posted this week, if we, you know, if we argue for our limitations and we get to keep them mm-hmm. and, and really what I, the story for me had always been no no, I'm fucked. Like it was an argument with no, 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 I'm fucked up. No. And you know, it was, it was a belief in, in the terribleness of life and myself and something flipped along the way into believing that, that I wasn't my limitations. And so it, it, it has a, you know, for the, the, where this comes from is really from that, from that statement, which is that we really can decide what we choose to believe. And if we yeah. believe we can do it, if we believe that we have the power and the capacity and that we're worth saving and all of this stuff, um, then we can. We are what we end up believing. That's it. Yeah. I love it. Number one. Okay. Number you. one. Number two. <laughs> My number two uh, is, is that I, and I think generally we as a as humans are terrible judges of what will actually make us happy. Um, It's like, I, I just for myself, I have realized, and it's much better now, but all the things, you know, that I thought were, were going to make me happy. And I use that word. I almost don't like the word happy, but free, happy, content, joyous, didn't, you know, all the things I thought were going to make me happy didn't. Mm -hmm. And I think we in general as people are that way. Yeah. I think we are that way. I certainly am. And all of the things, and I was wrong about all of it. You know, I was yeah. wrong about all of it, all the things, and, and that's okay, because um, I learned, but all the things I thought would make me happy just didn't, and generally speaking, they don't, and this leads into, you know, one of my next ones, but it just, I, I constantly remember that, you know, and I think a lot of times we equate, or I equated happiness with pleasure, yeah. You know, not, not the case. It doesn't get you there. You know, I equated, um, you know, just doing what I felt like doing, uh, with pleasure, you know, or, or with, with happiness or, you know, relationships, all the things that I thought I needed, that I thought I wanted that I went seeking after, they didn't make me happy, you know, and it's, it's such a surprising, um, it's such a surprising realization to understand what actually does make me happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And it's funny. I mean, because I think we think for so long that, um, 
Like I know, I understand the argument for why people want to don't, you know, don't not don't want to stop drinking, but possibly moderate drinkers, people where it's not out of control because life is short and you want to fucking live and you want to enjoy. Yeah. And we think that Fuck enjoyment it. is really yeah. right. Yeah. 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 And it's a lot, it's a lot, um, I don't know, it's a slower, like it's a slower burn or it's a, um, I don't know. I never knew how to wait. I never knew how to, I just didn't know all the things I thought were going to make me happy. Didn't make me happy. We are terrible. That is the lesson for me. Hmm. We are terrible judges of what will actually make us happy. Yeah. And there's a lot of lessons that surround that about what to do about it. Yeah. But if that's, that is so, and I, and I think about this a lot in sobriety. It's like, do you, if you're thinking of doing the thing that's comfortable and that feels soft and fuzzy, it's probably not the right choice. <laughs> if you're doing this, if you're doing the thing that is scares you a little and that is maybe slightly uncomfortable, it's going to be more freeing. Chances are that doesn't mean you, you just, you know, always put yourself in discomfort at all. It's just riding that edge, you know, of not constantly checking out or numbing out or take the edge off or whatever, you know, it's like that stuff never, it never got me where I wanted to be, you know, it never got me in, you know, whether it's the drinking or the, I don't know, I would have made a lot of choices that were, and I did make a lot of choices that didn't get, you know, didn't get me there. And that's how I learned. And and I think you just look around at a lot of people. And I mean, some of the, some of the things are so obvious, you know, like money's not going to make you happy. Shocker. It just doesn't, you know, but we still chase it like crazy and things like that, that, that it's, it's just astounds me. And I think I got this lesson from Pema because she actually says that, you know, in a, like a, in such a like plain, simple laughing way that we just are terrible judges. What's going to actually make us happy. And if I remember that, um, I seem to make better decisions. But I also, I think like there is, I think I've gotten better at, at figuring out. Totally. Totally. I think I've somehow, I have a much better sense of what is just going to blow up in my face and what is, is going to lead to what I'm actually seeking. Oh God. And, and, and that is a hundred percent for me because of, of sobriety. Like I stood no shot because I, you're, you, when you're constant, I was constantly making decisions out of fear, anxiety, you know, reactiveness, just trying to, like I've said recently, like jump from one piece of furniture to the next, like some crazy cat, you know, just like, don't touch ground, don't touch ground. Just, you're not making decisions from like a sane place. Yeah. Um, and going through some shit, you know, what you thought was going to make you happy and didn't. <laughs> And you get burned and you go, okay. So yeah, agree. Um, I'm a better judge, but so that's number two for me. What's your number two? All right. Number two. It's perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. So one of my, one of the best quotes ever I got from my coach, Zoe Wild, who said there are no blocks on the path the blocks are the path mm, and it's so good because we assume 
and I did for years, that I that life was quite unfair. And we assume that when things are going good, that that's good. And then when shit happens, that that's bad. And when you actually look at it and instead of, you know, because stuff is good, you're going through it and then, you know, you hit a block, right? And you end up falling off your game or you end up reeling or trying to make it different or being upset about it or complaining about it or being a victim of it. Um, it's, it's a different experience than if you're actually going through life and as things come up, you see them as opportunities and growth for growth and opportunities to test new skill sets and opportunities to expand in ways that you didn't think that you could expand before. And so, whereas before I believe my life was really lived hoping that bad shit would not happen and just really, really, really trying to make sure only good stuff would happen. Um, my life is now lived from a place of just being cool with it's the perfect. shit because I know it's leading to something and it's for a reason. I mean, there was this one day when I came back, I, I'd been on a, a, a weekend trip with my girlfriends. I spent way more money than I intended to spend. I come back and I get to my apartment and my wallet is gone. And oh, yeah. I was just like, I sat there and I was, and I, and, and not only that, I was at the gas station when I figured it out about to return my rental car and there was Kundalini graduation day. And I sat there for a minute and I was just like, holy, like, holy fuck, you know, and cause it had everything in it and it was a new wallet and I had waited 10 years to buy a stupid new wallet and like it had cash in it and $200 cash in it. Oh my God. Oh, I know sitting there and I was a, about to freak out. And I was just like, remember this, that I don't know. I, I don't know what this, I don't know. I, I am not the smartest thing. I'm just not. And if my wallet disappeared, then perhaps this is for some greater reason that I cannot yet see. And so I actually didn't get upset and trance, very trance-like. I drove back to my apartment, parked the car in the parking garage, went into my apartment, got the emergency credit card, went back, filled the tank up, returned the car, went to the kundalini thing. And I think I was texting you along the way, perhaps. I can't remember. Yes, Posted about it. <laughs> Ended up reaching out to a guy we've seen that were things where I had not been getting my needs met with him. And like, I just kind of asked like, hey, I really could use a hug tonight. And it was like, it's been a long yeah. day. And, and um, I was angry at him at the time and I wouldn't have sent that otherwise. And then I go home, I'm getting ready to go to his apartment and the doorbell rings and it's the police officers and somebody's turned in my wallet. And like, not only that, like I got to go and snuggle up on, uh, on somebody that night when I needed it. And so mm -hmm. it was kind of one of those things where I knew, I knew for whatever reason, like it wasn't just some stupid accident. And, you know, for me, that was really like, okay, this was some test because me, a two or three years ago, oh my God, you know, I would have been, I would <laughs> have vaporized. I would have, you, I would have literally, my head would have exploded. I mean, <laughs> and instead I, I very methodically canceled all my credit cards. I let Avtar, the, the head of the ashram know I will be late because of this. I called and I said, I need a hug. Isn't it crazy? It was crazy. Yeah. But the main point, what the point I'm trying to make is I could have made hell for myself that day. And I didn't, I, yeah. I literally walked through my life and losing a wallet is not the worst thing that can happen to a human being. There's no, so but many it's pretty, it sucks it pretty sucks. bad. But there's, but the, but the idea is that these tragedies that befall us, these things get, that get, that get thrown in our way. I, I just so deeply, deeply believe that every human we come into contact with, that every, every obstacle we come into contact with, that every thing 
is perfect. It's just perfect. It's literally just placed right there as a stone on the path to what you are meant to become in this lifetime, what you are meant to experience, what is meant to unfold. Every, everything is perfect. Every relationship and assignment, every block perfectly placed in order to get you to where you're meant to go. I think I repeated myself like twice there, but no, it's awesome. Fair is repeating. So yeah, that's my point number two. I love it. I love that one. And I, you've said that to me before many times and I always, it's, it's like a refreshing, it's a much different posture. To yeah. Well, Byron Katie, no mistakes, right? I mean, there is yeah. the idea that all stress in life comes from wishing things were different than they are. And when mm. you actually, instead of doing something that you have no control over, actually just say, okay, this is what we've got. And you move forward with it. You're moving, like she says, you're playing with a full deck. You're playing with a full deck when you are going along with what is and not reeling against it. Uh, I, I, it's, it's so funny because I've been listening to her this week and I haven't listened to her for a long time, like so over good. a year. Um, and I listened to her. She's kind of like, I, she, it's a good gauge for me to understand where I am yeah. <laughs> by who I'm listening to, you know, like things are, things are just sort of good and, you know, maybe need a little boost. I'm listening to like some Wayne Dyer. Things are really, really fucking rough and I'm struggling hard. It's like Byron Katie and maybe some Pema, you know, yeah. Marianne Williamson. I, it's just funny. I Those have are my three. Yeah. It's so funny. Just, but so I know, <laughs> I know things where things are in my mind right now if I'm listening to Byron because she's just like a big, like, it's like getting ice water dumped on your head. It um, is. It is. I love good. it. Yeah. Okay. okay, so number three, number three, for you. number three is very simple. It's just no feeling is final. Mm. And there's nothing that goes through my head more. I mean, I have like the words from that, you know, a different line of it tattooed on my arm, beauty and terror. It's just no feeling is final. And I remember that all the time. I or I forget it all the time. And then I remember, you know, it, it's the same as this too shall pass. It's the same as you know, one day at a time in a way, it's just no feelings final. It's, um, things pass. That's my number three. I love it. That's a good one. Thanks. I'm my number three is that it's not the external circumstances that need to change. It's (laughs) the internal circumstances that need to change. I had something so similar. That's why I'm laughing. I took it off. off. Six on here. Okay, good. I I have six on here just in case, because I was afraid we might have the same one, but yeah, I mean the, it's the best thing that I can, it's the best thing that I can imagine, which is that we, it's so not about changing um, what it, it, what's going on on the outside. I mean, we, we live in a crazy crazy step world. world. Yes. I mean, all you have to do is watch the news or the Republican debate or anything on TV, really. And I mean, you see a world that's really lost its mind. And, you know, it's for me, I think one of the most powerful things that I've been able to do is, is really realize that if I just continue to work on myself and my reaction, if I if I continue to understand things the way I know them and rely on this kind of internal source as well, and also a trust that, that we're being taken care of, um, I really, really find that it, 
I'm, I guess like, what, how do I even say this without sounding crazy? I'm, I'm just not afraid to die. I'm not afraid to die. I'm not afraid of, of, of the world imploding. I'm not afraid of catastrophe. I'm not afraid of it because I feel that I, I know it sounds crazy, but it's true that I really just feel like I'll be okay. I don't know how to explain it other than that. And I think that's because I spent, you know, so long really needing to have certain external things in place and, and believing that those were the things that made a human. And I understand so deeply uh, now I understand so deeply that it's, that's, that's bullshit, that it can all go away in just a second, that anything you can touch and see that all structures are unstable. I'm yes. whole thing. All structures mm-hmm. are unstable and that everything will change and that bad things will happen. And that, um, it really like the, the external stuff is not the stuff we need to make sure is okay. It's really the internal stuff that if we continue to increase our caliber, if we manage our energy, if we, um, can find, um, a, safety inside, if we can find peace, if we can, you know, feel supported, if we can, um, I don't even know. I mean, I could list out 5 million things here, but really that it, the work that needs to be done, it it is not getting a bigger house. It is not making more money. It is not having more friends. It's not having more Facebook followers. It is not anything outside of what you have inside. That is it. And if you retain that, you will always be okay. If you touch into that and tap into that and use that, you will always be okay. Yeah. And isn't it like the, I don't know if it's Zoe. No, it's like an African proverb, but Zoe told it to me, me, you know, if there's no enemy within, there can be no enemy um, without, without. And it is, you know, that's the other place where when, when things get real dark, it's when I have lost touch with that, you know, it's like, I've forgotten who I am. And, um, it's such Mm a, it's such like, there's like a flip that happens. And I know, I know Byron Katie also says this, it's like the good news in the, the good news and the bad news or, or, you know, it begins and ends with you. And that is the good news. And Mm because what, when I first heard that, I was like, that's fucking terrible news. You know, <laughs> I want to, I, cause I want it to be about that person and that thing and that thing. And, you know, I want it to be about all these other things that need to make me okay. Yeah. And there was some kind of flip that happened in my brain when, and in my heart, when I got what that meant, that was like, it's snapped. Like there's some kind of freedom in that, that is so big. Yeah. Um, so I know exactly, exactly what you mean. I love that one. Yeah. It's, it's probably one of my most favorite and, and I have my, if I were to really list out who my heroes are, Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr., both two, two individuals that I look to, whenever I feel very small or very scared or when 10 people unlike me on Instagram or when anything that like jars me that just feels so silly or small. And I look to, and I see, you know, like, I mean, Gandhi being led away in handcuffs and smiling and, and knowing that no one can ever take anything from him, that there's no external force that could ever take away what he has inside. And so for me, that's, 
the, that is the compass for me, which is that I want that I continue to try. I do my damnedest to try and cultivate a, a place where there's nothing that anyone can ever take from me on the outside, that it is, that it is all, all on the inside. Um, yeah. Unassailable. Love it. That's number three for me. Okay. Um, the fourth one for me is similar, I guess, maybe to your first, but it's the universe has my back. Mm. And I think those exact words are something Gabby Bernstein says, the universe has your back. But Sounds like her. Yeah, but it, I don't know. I don't even know if it's from her. Um, um, maybe it's for me. I don't know. But the Quite universe it. has my back. And I really – yeah, I don't even know if it needs more explanation, but I do just have this sense and this deep belief that when I get out of the way, the universe has my back. Like I, it, it goes along with the the thing I said about, you know, I'm a terrible judge of what will actually make me happy. Mm-hmm. When I get out of the way and I've let things unfold and I've trusted the path that's before me, even if I don't understand it, even especially if I don't want it, like getting sober. Right. Um, you know, it was a, there was a better plan, I, you know, for me and that, that the universe is conspiring for me, Yeah. not against me. And I believe that, you know, I believe that fully and I believe it for everybody. And I, and I don't, that doesn't always mean it, it is like the path of, it's often not the path of least resistance or the the smooth path or whatever, but it's just the universe has my back. And, and, Mm. you know, it was same with my daughter. I mean, I didn't want to get pregnant. I didn't, it was a surprise. I can't imagine anything, you know, I can't imagine that not have, you know, her not, it's so obvious to me that she is my child now and, you know, it goes on and on and on and on. But when I get out of, I have to get out of the way um, for me. And, it, and that's a daily thing, you know, not imposing what I think is to, to be the best plan, what I think is to be my will for other people, you know, how other people should behave towards me or in my life or whatever. Um, and, you know, you've reminded me of this a lot, like that. I don't, you know, more, more will be revealed, you know, like there's, Mm -hmm. we just don't know yet. We don't, we, we know what we're feeling right now. We know what we can see right now, but there are, there is such a bigger thing going on. Always, 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 always. Which is just exciting, right? It's exciting. It's, it's so exciting and it's comforting. (laughs) Um, and it's hard and it's, it, it's hard to remember, but it's so comforting and it's exciting. It's very exciting. I mean, I could not imagine that my life would be what it is today. You know, two years ago, forget it. Right. Uh, a year ago, totally forget it. You know, and I hear this in AA all the time and it's one of the fa- my favorite things that comes up is if I would have if I would have gave you my best case scenario of what I wanted my life to be like, yeah. I would have sold myself completely short Yeah, in sobriety. Um, and I love that, you know, we, we just, we, we don't know. 
Well, I love, I mean, I love what you said. I, I do love the part where you were saying, um, where you said that you don't, you, that you don't have the best, what was it? You don't have the best, what, how does she say it? Um, which part? Plan or it's like, we think we know what we want. We know, we think we know what the outcome is, but the universe has something that's just so much better in store for us. And I, Oh I yeah. Yeah. Put it. Yeah. I do love this idea of, um, in one of her lectures, one of Gabby Bernstein's lectures, she talked about how when we, I mean, she's talked many times about how when we have, we're looking for a specific outcome, like won't, you know, can't you just make, you know, Paul fall in love with me and that will make my life right. I know. We think when we hold on to those very specific outcomes, it's selling ourselves short because we, something much better could be in store for us. And we really have to relinquish these specific ideas um, because, because we don't know, we don't know, but yeah. there's, there's this better, there's this thing that she said that really got to me a couple of weeks ago, which was when you want something, you can't hold on to it, right? If you really want something and you want a specific, if you're looking for a specific outcome or you're looking for, uh, if you're looking for um, just whatever your wishes or your dream is, you actually have to relinquish it and let go of it and, mm-hmm. and let the universe do whatever it needs to do with it. Because if you're just sitting there and you're holding on to it, then you, then you're interfering, then you're interfering. And yeah. so I love this idea because if, if I want something like, for instance, if I'm just, if I'm really, if I'm trying to figure out how to um, make, create the, you know, the next thing, like right now, I'm, my biggest concern on my plate is what is, what is the next big thing that I, that I do with my time? How do I invest my energy? How do I make the mm-hmm. best out of the resources that I have? And if I'm sitting there and I'm like, it's going to look like this and I, and I am forcing that, then what I'm doing is I'm not really allowing, um, something to work that, through you. I'm, yeah. To come exactly, through. Exactly. Right. And so when I kind of let it go and just just really literally take it out of my head and just offer it up and say, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't, I have no clue, um, but I know it's going to be great. And I trust that the right thing is going to come. It tends to actually end up just, uh, it's almost like bread breadcrumbs on a trail. Like it just oh. ends up starting to light up when I stop trying to force the exact thing I, that I think I know has to happen for. Oh God. I mean, always uh, without uh, never, you know, there's never a case where it doesn't work out that way, (laughs) but it's the hardest thing to do. Oh yeah. I mean, especially, especially in relationships, you know, that's a big area of struggle where it's like, no, I, you know, this needs to happen. I it needs to be this way. I need to get this, you know, this, this, this I need. And it's, and you, you actually, I get like confused about what it is, you know, it's like you get so tangled up in your own, um, your emotions and your like needs and your, you know, your t- fucking stories that you're telling yourself Yeah. that, you know, you can't get out of the way. And that's one of the, you know, for me, one of the best things about having, um, about being sober and having like a program that remind that sort of takes me out of my own self every day as often as I'm willing to to commit to it. And I think like it can be whatever. I mean, I think I use meditation the same way. I use prayer the same way. I use talking to people the same way, you know, like anything that gets you, gets you out of your own head is and out of um, your own way allows the universe to come in. You know, it's like, it is. Um, and, and behind all that is, is the thing that I, you know, that the, 
um, underlying message, which I do, like, I don't believe in a hostile universe. You know, there's the Einstein crime that we choose whether we believe in a hostile universe or, or not. And I don't, I don't believe in a hostile universe. I don't even with a lot of all of the things that happen. I just, I don't. And I think that the universe has my back and, um, yeah, that's probably maybe the biggest one of all, you know, aside from the not drinking, I think that everything sort of stems from feeling that. Oh, that's really great. That's a good point and a good one. So what's your fourth? Um, it, I just wrote, I wrote failure and showing up. Um, again, I made this list in line at a grocery store. Yeah. So, um, failure, I think for me, the thing I know for sure is that failure is a part of any growth process. And mm. I, and this is a big important thing for me because I spent so long terrified of failing and couldn't fail. And failure was tied into my worth and my character and whether or not people would give me a chance. And I, what I've found on this side that failure is so important and that to, in that, in, and inevitable. And that if we live our lives moving, like trying to avoid failure, if we live our lives afraid of failure, then what we end up really doing is is limiting our lives and, and narrowing down the scope of our lives. And so we have to be willing to take the risks. We have to be willing to risk failure. And then when we do fail, we really truly have to be able to look at that as part of what the learning lesson was. And and that it, it all success is built on this willingness to fail, the failing, and then the recovery from the failure. Mm-hmm. And so I say the specific, the reason I wanted to use this one is because specific to sobriety, I think that so many of us go down this path of being terrified of failing and thinking that it says something about us. And if oh, we, God, we try yeah. and fail, then that's just it. And really for, for every single person that I've ever worked with or known intimately on their path towards sobriety. And, and I've been privy to seeing a lot of people move through it now. Mm -hmm. It is not a one and done. It is just not, it is is a lesson. It is a learning. It is a failure. And then it is a recovery from the failure. And that if there is, if there's one thing I know for sure, it is that we have to risk failing. We have to do things we're terrified of doing. We have to risk failure. Yes. And then we have to try it again and try it again and try it again and try it again and try it again. And yeah. that is true for sobriety. It is also true in business and in life and in Everything. anything, in yeah. any undertaking that is worth anything. We have to, we have to embrace failure and, and that's it. It's not, it doesn't, it used to be this thing that I just couldn't allow in my life and I wouldn't do anything that I would fail at. And that's just bullshit. It's true that I have to be willing to fail at something to be good. If I want to do the things I want to do, I have to be willing to fall on my face and risk it. And, um, and that never ever is the definition of who I am. What it, what defines me is that I show up again and again and again. Yeah. And it's so funny how many, I, I don't know why I have no idea why I don't have the fear around failure. Like I just, I, and it's not even that I don't have the fear around it because I'm sure I do, but I just never see it that way. Like I don't, but I I'm realizing how many people do and are so terrified, especially with sobriety of failing, like whatever that means of failing, I guess of just not being able to get it. Um, but, but you know, one of the areas that I, I also see this where it just doesn't resonate, it just isn't under, it doesn't make sense to me. Like the f- concept of failure is like relationships. 
you know, like my marriage failed. I just have no idea what that means. Um, and that's like a whole other thing that we could talk about, but what do you mean? Like, I just, what does that mean? Your marriage failed because I just don't see it like that. Like you, you did a thing and, and I guess I don't see relationships not working out as failing. Just like, I don't see I guess it, I just, it doesn't compute for me. Like, I don't understand why that's failing. Um, well, because it didn't work out. It failed. You tried I know, it but it's, but it it's, but it's really, it's really sad. Like it really makes me, um, I saw my, my ex went through that. And I think a lot of guys do like the concept of failure. Like I couldn't fail at this thing. And it just, but was I don't so think con- it's the fact that it's failing at the, that the relationship failed. I think it's the, the fact that humans are just uncomfortable with failure. Yeah. But I, I guess I just realized how, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious about this one that you put, because I would never, it would never be one of mine. Like, I don't know why it just wouldn't, I don't think about failure because it's like, I, of course I'm going to fail. I fail all the fucking time. I fail every day, but I don't care. I guess I don't, it doesn't bother me, but I, um, realize, like I realize how terrifying it is for a lot of people and it actually stops them from doing it. Oh yeah. I I mean, I was talking like, I'll never forget a conversation I had. I went to lunch with a girl that I had worked with and she had stopped drinking and she wasn't sure what she was going to do with it. And it was just, she was tired of going, it wasn't like she, nothing was wrong. She wasn't going home and hitting, you know, a certain amount every night. And mm-hmm. it was just that she was tired of getting drunk at, at some right. events. Yeah. And, um, she was like, it was just a decision she had made. And it was like, there was, and there was nothing in there that was like problematic, problematic. It was just, it was a problem for her. And then she said, but then I'm just like, I know this sounds crazy, but what if I can't do it? Mm. And, um, and I was, and I got it. I know what she meant, which is what if, you know, I've never really had a problem, 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 like not clinic. Like it's, I am, I'm binge drinking too much and I want to stop and I'm not like drinking every day, but oh my God, what if I, what if I try and I can't? And, and that comes all the way back into this idea that we have, I believe of an alcoholic that goes through their life through perpetual relapse and, and always diseased and always, always basically at risk of failing. And that when people try and they fail, it proves that they're one of those that are in the cycle that they're not just, that they are not just, you know, drinking too much or whatever, that they're literally now qualifying for an archetype or a stereotype that we are terrified of becoming. Yeah. The guy that can't stop drinking, the woman that can't stop drinking, that tries and fails and tries and fails. And so I think that that is in, in this world, in this arena, in Silverland or addiction recovery, land, I think it's in Silverland. Um, what did I want to call the podcast again? Silver <laughs> oh in Silver God. Village. It's a very big deal. Can you imagine if we would have done that? <laughs> Let's call it Sober Village, Laura. I actually, in my mind, I imagine one of those little miniature villages with the fake snow. Um, the we do lit fake houses. snow over it. <laughs> it's like yeah. Mr. Rogers. Um, in tonight, in, in Sober Village. Holly goes to a friend's house. <laughs> Holy oh. fuck. Yeah. So I'm glad you talked me out of that. 
Anyway, moving on. Okay, so you don't understand failure. And it no, doesn't. it's not that I don't understand. Obviously, I understand it. I guess it's just it one angers of those- me. It angers me that failure doesn't affect you. It does. I just don't. It's not. I am afraid of seven thousand other things, but I don't sit there and go, "Oh my God, what if it doesn't? What if I fail? What if I fail?" Like, I don't know why either, because I well, fail all the time. But it's like thing. It's that like when I was like, thing. no, it's not one of my things. I have other things, but. It's like when I was like, I'm going to run a marathon and it was never like, it occurred to me that no, no, maybe you won't be able to or something. It's just like, I don't know. Just why not try it? You know, try to run a marathon. And I, it's funny. So, so I guess with this variety thing, I was like, yeah, I just keep falling on my fucking face, but it was about a failing or I don't know. Or even in my marriage, I was like, I didn't fail. Uh, maybe I'm just in heavy denial. I don't know. Okay, moving on. Sorry. Oh my God. Now that I talk about it, I'm getting embarrassed. I think it's just funny. I just, that's a totally curious one because every time, every one that you said, I've been like, yep, yep, that'd be one of mine. And that one, I'm just like, huh? Um, uh, you don't get it. It's fine. It doesn't resonate. Maybe it will in the future. Maybe it never will. Maybe, maybe you're in denial. Maybe you're not. Who knows? Okay, number five. <laughs> moving along. Number five is I don't know. And that was like what I wanted to put for all of them. But I, I, I mean it. I mean, I don't know. I am continually like reminded and um, humbled by, I just don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know a lot. I don't know really much of anything. And I'm continually just, um, like freshly shocked at the at life you know like at the things that happen at the things that don't happen at the way things turn out um at the miracles like the the things that happen I just am I don't know if it's that I'm awake to them now but I'm stunned well a miracle it comes from the root word that I got this from Deepak. It comes from the root word, word uh, Latin root word, ugh, Latin mirare, word, mirare. Yeah. Which means to behold with rapt attention. And mm. you cannot behold anything with rapt attention when all you're when thinking you're, about is when, when you're going drink, right? <laughs> or you're recovering from it. No, but your world, as you've said many times, becomes <sighs> so small. It the just becomes stamp. so small. And you really, like, you don't have time to look for fucking miracles. You're too busy. Right. right. You know? No, so, and it, yeah. So, but, but it's, it's, the, it goes both ways. You know, it's like the miracle, like the beautiful, like stunned, oh my God. And then the, um, I just don't have the answers to that. Like, yeah, well, yeah. The, so your your number five is that you don't know everything, and that you're. Still, I don't even know don't, a tiny sliver of anything. You know, oh, I feel like shush. You know a no, lot. No, I really don't. Though I don't. I I I know. Okay, these things that I have on this paper in front of me, I know those sure. things well. Yeah. Yes. But I don't. You know, I am continually like, especially in relationships, I'm continually like, I, I really, I don't know. Well, none of us do. And, and everything is like what you've said. What did you say? More, well, more will be revealed. But, mm-hmm. but also, I, I also think, you know, I thought at one point, God damn, you know, again, if I said, you know, five times, um, but you know, <laughs> um, 
<laughs> there is, there was a time when I thought, God, I know so much. And then there was, what were you uh, like 15? No, like, like <laughs> maybe a year or two ago. And I yeah. just, when I started to learn this, meant to really learn. And then I'd stop and be like, God, I mean, the amount of stuff I know, it just, I couldn't know anymore. I po- you know, I just couldn't possibly know anymore. And then, yeah. and then three months later, I just couldn't possibly know anymore. And then I, you know, you look back at those times when you thought you knew so much and then you realize you knew so little. And so yeah. I think today I know this is what I know today, right? Like I know this mm-hmm. stuff today, but I also am not silly. And I, I do believe if I keep on with the hunger and openness and emptiness and I keep on going for another, however much time I've left on this planet, I'm going to continually be uh, blown away by, by how much I, uh, I change and grow and learn and, and how much I realize I did not know. I did not know. Exactly. How much I did not know. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's my last one. I love it. I think it's great. When you said it, I was like, damn it. I want that one. Um, (laughs) you can take it. No. Okay. What's your five? Oh, I love my number five. Um, and it comes with a little story. So I was, there was this, I was in a tattoo shop when I was 30 days sober ish first for the last time last in this round. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. And I, I always heard this, like, we're all one and you know, your brother is, you're your brother, whatever this, this whole idea of connectedness and oneness, oneness, people always said oneness and all these spiritual things, oneness. And it did not, it did not, I could not understand it. I could not understand seeing myself in my brother or my sister. It just didn't make sense to me. It didn't hit home. I tried it. I did the oneness meditations and all of the oneness, you know, mantras but oneness never really hit home. And then one day I was sitting and I was watching, I was not sitting, I was in a tattoo shop and I was looking at a painting and there was, I've written about this before in the first post I think I ever wrote where there was a woman and she had her legs were roots. And so you could, it looked like a tree, it really looked like a tree and her legs were rooted into the ground. And then the tree came out of the ground and then her branches were people and cities in the world. Mm. And I finally said, Oh, like I finally got it. And so the thing I know for sure is that we're all connected. Mm. Yes. Yes. The importance of that is that there is, there's no action that doesn't have a reaction. There's no cause without effect. There's no, there's no, there is, there is no one thing that one of us does that does not affect another. There is also in this connectedness, there is also no one that is more special or no one that is less special. There's no one that is here on this earth that is not here to play a part. There is no one whose life doesn't count. There is no one whose life does not matter. That we all have a special gift. We all have something to bring forward. And it means not just something to us. It means something to all of us. And that when we see this in other people, And when we love one another and we build one another up because we have the same root system, because literally we are all here. We are all just like in the movie Avatar, 
connected at the source of things, at the source. We all have the same root. We all grow from the same root. We breathe the same air. We live in the same universe. We all have something to do with one another and that our our point of being here, each of us, is to do something for that whole. Each one of us matters, but also is to love one another and really, mm-hmm. truly love one another and to build each other up and to root each other on and to, and to really, truly rise up together, that it, it, it all matters. Each one of us matters. Each life counts and everything each and every single one of us does is just as important no matter who we are no matter who we are. My mom was, and I were driving the other day, a homeless guy in the street hitting himself in the head and she freaked out. And I, she, cause she doesn't see that in Fresno. There's just no, not, yeah. not her neighborhood. And I live amongst people that walk around and scream at themselves all day and hit themselves and nobody right. does anything about it. And she just was beside herself. And I said, I mean, and this is how I get through a lot of this stuff, but I just said, he's here playing a part, right? Mm. Like he's a volunteer and he's playing a very, 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 very real part, which is reminding us that people suffer, which is reminding us of our humanity and reminding us that the point is not to have the big car, to have the big house, but is really truly to love and to create a world where there's not a guy sitting on the corner hitting himself in the broad of daylight while everyone drives by. And so the long, 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 or way to say is the point is we are all one we are all connected and we all matter we all count and we all have something very important and very big to do here even if we feel like we're just the smallest little insignificant thing it's just not true we're all part of of something much grander than we can ever imagine and that i do know for sure oh i love it yeah good job thank you all right so so those are the 10 things that we know for sure. They are. Um, and this will go up tomorrow. Yeah. I'm so I've got a fever. I know. <laughs> um, and it is eight o'clock here. And so I'm going to try and edit it tonight, but I'm, it's probably going to be in the morning, but we'll see. We'll get this up. This might be a little bit later. In the day. Much better about scheduling this well in advance, but I'm still wondering. We are. All right. Good night, my dear. Good night. I thought that was really good. It was fun. It was fun. For how exhausted I am. Infinitely so.